0: Maybe we just start from the top. And yeah. now it's like, we know what we're doing. Welcome Polish. to season two of uh, the unrationed podcast.
1: And Evan, um, you introduce yourself first, and then I'll go second, and Tony goes third. <laughs> and now we know what your wild moment is, and it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's going to be good. And I won't say I won't know what my, what, yeah, let's go. All right. Let's go. This is going to be good.
1: Season two, this is the new approach. We'll just do a really shitty first version and then try it again on the same (coughs) recording. Is that what we're doing this season?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, every video I do for our YouTube shorts, the second one is always better than the first one. If I
1: I always just go first. I'm like, I got to get off
0: this fucking camera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, That's all right. That works. Um, it's nice that our last two, the one I put up yesterday is at 319 now. And Josh is is at 376. So seems like maybe we're learning. Maybe I'm learning. I'm I'm tweaking what I'm doing in ways that I think right. we're going in the right direction.
1: Nice. I would pat you on the hiney if I was close to you. Let's that's what that's clip, the start of the that podcast. For social. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> save that. Save that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Unrationed Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. We've had a short break uh, getting our acts together and planning our big event for this year, which is also called Unrationed. Uh, my name is Evan Chasteen.
0: I'm Josh Randa. I'm Tony Albrecht.
2: And we start each podcast in Season 2 still with our wild moments. Josh, kick us off with your wild moment, man.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Saturday I was going to, I had a long run scheduled and I had about three hours and 15 minutes and my family was back in Missouri. And so I was going to use it as an opportunity to get out in the mountains and cover some ground. So I had done some research on a cool route. It was going to basically go through this one Lake up to another Lake I'm um, called 11 mile Canyon in uh, Colorado. Well, the day before I was supposed to go, there was a fire that broke which is super unfortunate. Um, but anyways, I chose a different route and I, I went to this place and I covered three hours and 15 minutes, not seeing a single soul. Um, so it was really cool. I got about 3000 feet of elevation gain, ran through some snow, lots of wind. um, And then I was like a half mile away from my car and I saw people, which I was kind of annoyed about, but also kind of like, that's cool. <laughs> like, this is this is public land. You should be able to enjoy this. I don't know why I'm like selfish and arrogant at the moment, <laughs> but I was tired. Give me a break, okay. I was tired. Anyways, that's my wild moment. It was pretty nice. I needed it.
2: Yeah, we'll get into this a bit more in the podcast, but that long run is a part of training for a hundred mile or it seems like a an important detail and maybe something that'll keep people listening, knowing that you're training for a hundred mile race, which is nuts. Um, okay, so the, I'm I'll go with my wild moment. And then Tony, I think yours uh will be a nice segue. I kind of got a tease to your wild moment because we tried recording once and it didn't work. So uh, my wild moment, my dad gave me an axe this week. It's an old axe, it's a kind of rust a, a rusty axe. And I took it out of the bed of my truck. And instead of taking it straight to the basement to sit on a shelf, it's like I need to hit something with it. Uh, strike something with it I don't know what a, the proper term is uh, cut something with it split something maybe split is the correct term in this case so I took it to the backyard I've got some wood uh, from a uh, trees and in this area that I cut down uh, a couple years ago so it's almost dry ready to split I took the axe to it took a couple swings carefully and realized I was wearing sandals I was like oh sandals aren't this, this is dumb. Sandals aren't the best thing to be cutting wood with. So I continued to cut just with more awareness. Uh, and I would, you know, I had the stance axe. If I missed, it's going to go to the ground between my legs, whatever. At one point, though, I'm taking the uh, axe out of a, a log. And there's a movement that happened. And it was like it went towards my foot. And there was this awareness that... Let's see, I learned something in that moment. I learned that bad things are not going to happen when you expect them to happen, or or uh, I guess they can happen when you expect them to happen. But they're, there's like, I don't even remember how, I don't know how to put the words around this this time. When I thought that something could happen, there was a level of awareness that I held that helped me Engage in a way that kept me from cutting off my foot. When that awareness dropped, when I let my guard down, was actually the time that it seemed like I could injure myself. So I was being dumb in this wild moment and I did not injure myself, but I
0: learned a lesson. Good. It's a really good lesson. I had a proper visualization session just a a couple minutes uh thinking about the the 100k race that i'm training for um, inspired by josh's 100 miles and and i specifically was envisioning mile 50 of this race it's taking place in colorado and and put myself in that in that place where By then it's going to be dark and it's going to be pretty cold. I'm expecting to be bleeding from more than one place at that point. My legs are just totally wrecked, Uh, probably some level of sunburn, just exhausted. And over the previous six hours, there will have been multiple moments when I have wanted to already quit. And when I say six hours, it's not because that's how long the race has been. I think at this point, I will have been running for I will be like thirteen hours into it, I'm guessing fourteen hours <laughs> into the thing. Um, and I still have a half marathon to go before I'm done at sixty two miles. And myself there, knowing that like there's wall that I've never. Encountered before uh, out there, and putting myself there, saying, "I already know how my mind is going to be screwing with me," and that is precisely why I'm out there, right? For that moment to be in that, to be feeling that, to be encountering those challenges, and then to keep putting one foot in front of the other until I'm finished. So it's, I I haven't been all that big into visualization historically, but going to be employing it a lot as we lead up to this thing with just based on that understanding that the challenge we're going to take is so much of it is mental. And while it feels so real in the moment, it's so predictable. I already know what games my mind is going to play with me out there. So yeah, I was, but I it, in I did get myself to feeling it yeah. in a way that was oh baby. oh baby, yeah,
1: dude, I got chills <laughs> while you were talking. It's funny. Um, a year ago, in two days, is pretty much when I did my first hundred k, and I am very proud of you for visualizing that moment because I didn't and the previous race that I had done was like that that was my previous distance that I had done was a 50 miler and that was in 2012 and that uncharted territory is terrifying <laughs> like it literally just like plopped me right into that moment and I remember like squatting and looking over this utah desert and it would just looked like lifeless like there's like the perfect cracks in the ground that like you see in like desolate places that like all the water is sucked out of. And I just remember sitting there. I'm like, you got to get out of here, dude. Like you cannot (laughs) stay here. Like you're going to die if you stay here. And like, you know, in my mind, like you captured it perfectly. It was like dark. (laughs) I'm alone. (laughs) I want to lay down. Um, But then I made it like three more miles and I got a bowl of ramen and some boiled potatoes and salt and it was life changing.
0: They they had ramen at an aid station.
1: Yeah, it was top notch. Good job visualizing. That's like, I feel like that's a pro tip that maybe I should employ this
0: race. Uh, it is. Yeah. And actually part of what led me to do that was, was listening to Goggins, listening to can't hurt me and, and him Mm -hmm. talking about how much he relies on visualization and like that he calls it a superpower of his to be able to see himself in the final state, you know, like at the point where you have gotten to where you are like all those painful points along the way are, you know, they're not evidence you shouldn't be doing it. They're just part of the deal. Right. Shall we talk about unrationed ring the Springs? Yeah. All right. So what was it back in, Was it January, Josh, when you registered and you sent us the text with your registration? So, said, well, Josh, a word about why you registered and what what you set yourself up for this year. Yikes. Um, And by that, I I mean the thing about how you're not going to have a drink until.
1: Oh, yeah, that part. So it was like December time period. And this is going to be like a, I guess, a weave of different um, things going on. So backstory is, I feel like I have to have like my physical and personal life mimic my work life. Like for whatever reason, the parallels of the two help me make sense of things. And so the time period between Christmas and New Year's, we were finalizing our annual priorities for Mission Matters group and a lot of stuff we've never done before. And I'm like, I got to personally do some stuff I've never done before to like know that I have the tools or the skill sets to be able to navigate this uncharted territory. So I'm like, you know what, I'm not gonna drink booze, I run a hundred miler and I hit a couple work goals. Um, one is specifically like revenue and promoting this uh, product we have called six levers. And it just like stuck in my mind. It was like on December 26, I'm like, this is, this is going to happen. So I haven't had a drink of booze since December 26th. Over the last month I've increasingly wanted <laughs> a drop of booze. Um, but anyways, it was like January. I was like, okay, well, am I going to do? And I was like looking all over and like, you know, I saw these like epic ones where there's like 30,000 feet of elevation gain. I'm like, that's, that's stupid. (laughs) Like (laughs) let's start with something a little bit easier, a little bit closer to home. And so, yeah, I found Ring the Springs, which is in Colorado Springs, which is where I currently live. And it's a hundred miles going through a lot of the places that I've already run. So you go on Mount Rosa, you go through Ute Valley, uh, Austin Bluffs. So you hit up some pretty iconic places in the area and I have family here. So I'm like, okay, I need to rely on the people that I'm close with to help me get through this as well. And I'm not taxing my family to like, you know, travel to Washington to do some, you know, 30,000 foot elevation gain race. So January, I signed up for the hundred miler. Um, I had a very informal text thread with my wife, letting her know that I was considering it. And then all of a sudden I sent her the registration. She's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Like, like, what's wrong with you? And then naturally I sent it to uh, my Wilds in the Woods crew. And here we are. All three of us are signed up for the longest races each one of us has ever done, um, which is pretty exciting.
0: It is exciting. Yeah, so seeing that, I was like, oh God, that they've got... The hundred miler and then the hundred K and then a 50k and then a 25k. And I've now registered for three 50 mile races and I've run zero 50 mile races. I didn't show up to two of them. And then the third one, which I had actually forgotten about, Josh, you reminded me that Pikes Peak in 2019, you and I both registered for the 50 miler and then ended up doing the 50k out there. Um so yeah, and I've I felt uh, inspired and roped into like, okay, let's take a crack at this. And then Evan taking a I, well, Evan, you were the last to to register, and actually, I was surprised when when I saw what you registered for.
2: Yeah, I ran my first marathon in February, and immediately, so I had this experience that you kind of explained in your visualization on my marathon where, well, kind of the way you were talking about too, Josh. Um, but my own version of it where it wasn't like me sitting on the ground. It was me walking. I get emotional, even like thinking about it. And, um, I, I understand better what people mean who are running these crazy races when they say like, I've, I faced my demons or it's a spiritual experience, which I, I had heard both of you guys say getting into this, like before running the marathon, you know, but I I hadn't experienced it yet. So there was really no, I think it's difficult for anybody to imagine what something is like without context. So like, I could hear you say you faced your demons or it's a spiritual experience. And I I really didn't know what you meant by that until the marathon and so mile 16, I started hurting pretty bad. Um, like, and, and I realized I had 10 more miles to go. And it was like a, it was a really tough 10 miles. I look at my cadence. I actually have it screenshotted. I sent it to Tony at some point. My cadence for the first 16 miles was pretty like an even line. There were two dips. One was to go P, like around mile four. And then uh, one was, like a a water station that I'd walked a little longer than just a few steps to take a drink of water but it, it wasn't for pain it just was like, oh, let me rest for a second and then get back after it and then miles 16 to 26 the cadence is just like a heart rate monitor. It's up and down up and down up and down and just not the not the race that I imagined myself running, right like uh, I, I didn't visualize that. So this is a long way of talking about registering for this 50 K, but immediately, like I finished the race. My wife had just done the half marathon, which is her longest race. It's like really cool to do that together. She walks up to me, gives me a big hug, like super excited. Congratulations. I'm like, I'm in so much pain holding my bag of fruit and a, little jacket that they give you at the end of the race i didn't even know your body temperature like is weird after you run an endurance race and so i'm standing there she gives me a big hug my arms are just by my side and i'm bawling uh like crying she's like what's wrong like i have no clue um and and i knew in that moment it's like i'm doing that again like I, i there's there's not an option where i'm like not running another marathon and experiencing what I'm experiencing. So you guys are doing these races, I think both of you had, had you already signed up Tony? If you hadn't, I think you were very serious about it. We we were already talking about it. Um mm. and so I'm like, okay, well this is this would make sense for me to do this as my next race. They had a 25k option. That sounded better for training just time consumption. Uh, with two young kids and work and everything right now so i'm i like talk to grace about it like we're good that the travel plans what what all we're planning to do like all right just do the 25k because i'm in a marathon shape 25k in the mountains in colorado with elevation maybe is equivalent and so the morning i'm going to register i text tony like i'm registering today and he asks me this question he said the 25K or the 50K? And I wasn't even considering the 50K until he asked the question. Yes. And I was like, man, <laughs> I guess I still have the option. Whoa. And so my something Grace said to me came to mind. She said, "I w- I don't want you to go do the thing. Like if you're going to go do this, like if you're going to leave and go to Colorado, I want it to be something that you're proud of like not something you look back on. You're like, Oh, I yeah. could have done the harder one. Like go, like if you're going to do it, go do it. And so Tony, my wife saying that to me, Tony being like, which one are you signing up for? It's like, dang it. I'm signing up for the 50 K. And so <laughs> I just registered for the 50 K and, uh, I, I have never, I haven't once thought to myself, I wish I signed up for the 25 K. Like, I'm very glad that I signed up for the 50K. Um, yeah. So that's the very long story of me registering for that.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, man. Oh, baby. Yeah. And I wasn't, I thought you were going to do the 25K. I I was, I was just clarifying, <laughs> but that's so good. Um, well, and then, so we, we hatched a plan then that out of the three of us doing this, And the three of us, well, we're first in the same place at the same time, since Evan, you're our internet friend from LinkedIn. Uh, We first met in Colorado in person uh, last September to go cover 40 miles over a couple of days, got up on a 14er in Mount Huron. Uh, My man, Billy, our man, Billy, Mm-hmm. Was there too? So the four of us did it. Josh, your dad, Chuck was instrumental as crew and us and helping with camp. Um, and it was a really powerful experience that we were were thinking of as unrationed. And this idea of uh, why ration passion, as Josh is is fond of quoting the climber Mike Lebeck, saying, and we've we've been playing around with these ideas for uh, how do we uh, challenge ourselves? You know, how do we get beyond the familiar, the comfortable, uh, the known, and cross over the threshold, as my man Evan is fond of saying, um, into the unfamiliar, the unknown, uh, the wilder spaces where it's a whole lot easier to learn lessons and grow. And this race pretty quickly took shape as, as an opportunity for us to do that. And now we're inviting uh, other men to join us you know, in, this, in this adventure where the way it's shaping up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down real quick, and then I want to get into... Uh, how training's going and how we're feeling about what we're getting into here. But the, the basic breakdown of the experience, uh, the way I'm seeing it is it's almost like we're taking on this race as a team uh, knowing full well, that there will be those times where you, you just feel totally alone and chances are, most of us will spend most of the time alone, I would expect, but we'll see. But so this 10-week experience, we're going to prepare for this race together. We're going to execute on this race together, and then we're going to integrate what we learned from this race together. So uh, starting the week of April 22nd, we're going to be meeting weekly on Zoom as a group, training and how we're doing physically, mentally, emotionally, all these different aspects of, of being a man, uh, and being a human being together, processing it, sharing information. The week of the race, we're, we've booked four nights in this beautiful house up, up in, on a mountain, 15 minutes from the starting line of Ring the Springs, and then in, a, in an intentional setting where we're all there to support one another and push ourselves and, and see what we can do. And hopefully the views will, will help. Uh, and then after the fact, you know, we'll have a couple calls you know, over the next two weeks uh, to, you know, to kind of share how, how the healing and the integrating of, of those lessons and those demons faced so the three of us have some background with running races, you know, Josh and I have both traveled to some different races. We've run some ultras, um, to date. And. You think This is going to be a really cool race experience. I am, I'm genuinely excited just to hang out with you guys. You know, like we'll be taking care of all the meals. We'll be, you know, like driving back and forth from the airport together. Um, we're going to have a photographer on site, somebody who's going to be helping us document uh, this process and this experience in a way that I think is going to turn out really beautifully. We're going to have some really good stuff after the fact to um, to remember the experience by. So all that said... Um, How are we feeling about the race at this point? As we are, we're recording this on Thursday, April the 6th, which I believe puts us at uh, 10 weeks and two days from from the start. I think that's right. Um, how are we feeling about it?
1: I sent uh, Tony and Evan a message last night you know, I'm very grateful. I have a treadmill because the hours for training are really stacking up. So I had a, you know, 90 minute training run last night and, you know, I covered 10 and a half miles. I'm like, man, that's exciting and overwhelming that that's my midweek, you know, prep run for my long runs on the weekend. So I'll do, you know, pretty close to 50 miles this week. And in my training plan, I could do more and I've had to make some conscious decisions that like, I don't have, I'm not going to choose this over, you know, putting my kids down for bed or whatever. And so there's a couple of things that I've, you know, you can call them shortcuts, you can call them, you know, reprioritization or whatever, but I just don't know how I would like truly train, you know, religiously for a hundred miler and still be married at the end of the the thing. And so it's a bit overwhelming at the moment. <laughs>
0: it's I'm, I'm putting up a 40 mile week this week. And I would have done 40 last week had I not gotten sick, which laid me up for a couple of days. But, um, and that's a, that's a lot for me. I'm feeling that as well. (laughs) That the, that feeling of I'm, I'm glad that I'm back to a place where my short run is like five, five and a half, six miles. Um, it feels good to be back at that level of fitness where it's just like it's no big deal. Okay. Um, and also that challenge of where's where's all the time gonna come from in a way that yeah we we definitely want to still be married, yeah at, as we dedicate more time to training, yeah, yeah,
2: I think I'll be around. 20 to 25 miles this week. And I don't, this may or may not be a good thing. And I maybe need to change this. I don't really have a plan that I'm going off of other than running a long run each weekend. Like, I don't know how many miles I should be running right now uh, per week. Tony, you've said a couple things to me that make me think I'm doing okay with my miles and elevation and timing Um, I'm, I am paying attention to heart rate, but I I likely could be training, uh, more intentionally other than just running. But, uh, yeah, if you guys have thoughts on that, I I'm very open to hearing more and maybe that's an off the podcast or maybe that would make a good episode. Who knows? Uh, one, go ahead. What were you gonna say? (laughs) I feel like
1: time on feet is like one of the most important metrics you could like evaluate Okay. like prepping for this. And like, you're going to be running in Colorado. So, you know, Colorado Springs, like where we're going is like anywhere between like 6,800. And I think our highest is like 87 or 9,000, you know, so you're going to be walking a ton of uphills. So it's like figuring that stuff out. So I think, I think, you know, what you're doing is great. Um, but yeah, it's a different experience for sure.
0: Yeah. The, the time on feet is huge. And And, yeah, one of the things I've said to you, Evan, is the fact that you ran a marathon, you know, at late February, that to a certain degree, it's like you've already got the level of fitness you need. It's just it's more a matter of maintaining than it is, you know, building up more. Um, I was looking at the race profiles and actually so the 50K. Josh, this. This course so it overlaps with what we did in 2019 to some degree, but this, the the gain on the 50 K on this one is listed at 3,944 feet, where I think when we did it, it was more like six. It was, I mean, it was crazy, but, but also the elevation max on the 50 K is only hundred. So which is just
1: seven thousand feet above where
0: Evan lives, <laughs> well, right Although, when when we did the fifty k like we we went up to Mount Rosa, which yeah. was at like I want to say twelve thousand two hundred, right? So like that Evan actually, I hadn't looked at the profile before this morning. And I was like, oh, that's like thirty nine hundred foot of gain is that's meaty, that's definitely meaty. But it's, and the fact that you're going to be in the lower range, like you're not going to get tested up at like nine thousand plus feet, uh, that actually it's like okay, so this course is a little bit less intense than what I expected it was going to be. Which
2: and I believe if I if I remember looking at the course map correctly the 50 K is actually the last 50 K of the 100 miles. Like I start out. Oh, is it really to the finish line? Nice. So there may be like a scenario, Josh, that'd be awesome where (laughs) I like, I'm starting at 6 AM for the 50 K on Sunday. I don't know where you'll be at at that point.
1: Uh, Uh, I start 24, 25 hours before you. (laughs)
2: And there's a chance that like I could pace you in for the last 50k or you could pace me
0: in for, the, uh, for the last Yeah, I was going. <laughs> dude, I <laughs> Oh man. That's going to be uh the wounded pacing the wounded.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy.
2: So, uh, anyways, uh that's like And I yeah, we, we could cross paths at some point.
0: That would be awesome. And actually I I misspoke on saying Mount Rosa. It looks like Mount Rosa is more like eleven thousand five hundred feet, rather than twelve two. But um, but yeah, Josh, I looking at this thing just yours. So the cumulative gain over a hundred miles, being fifteen thousand six hundred foot, is and mine on the one hundred k gain being 11,070 oh baby
1: not gonna lie I'm very scared and puckered up from it <laughs> or by it yeah
0: I, well it. I think this is part of why the visualization for me is going to be so important is a there are two things about the way I've approached running in the past and at this point I've got nine or 10 marathons plus, uh, under my belt, but on just about all of them. Number one, I come out too fast on every single one. And Josh is every, every single one. I come out too fast, regardless of what my plan is, uh, or how much I say I'm not going to, I just, the adrenaline gets pumping. I just let's go. um, (laughs) So like that's that's one thing I've got in my mind then number two I think I tend to go into races just ambitious about pacing That like I will I'll be able to just like run it out or at least like like take it in a very measured way uh kind of what you were saying Evan whereas like your pacing was like this 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 and I just go all over the place, and here I, I texted you guys last night this line from this book. I'm I'm reading The Rise of the Ultra Runner. I think it's called. I shouldn't know the name of the book. So it's a really good book, actually, um, about the rise of ultra running as a sport. But um, this line of start slow and then get slower as you go, and like that's what I need to do. But like taking this approach, like looking at that race profile. Eleven thousand foot of gain is just so intense. Like that, it means that I'm going to spend a day climbing mountains. It's just like going up and down small mountains in a way that's saying, okay, so like just take running off the table for yeah. like half of this race. Like, just don't even think. You know, like my my inclination is to say that okay, I'll take it at like a. Say, like a how about a, even a 15-minute pace? Right? That's that seems pretty uh, conservative. And but then the mindset is that I'm like keeping 15 every time. And I'm and Josh, I'm particularly interested in your thoughts on this as I was digging into this in, in mindset yesterday of like. As I was mapping out, like what different paces overall would end up looking like in terms of the time to finish, um, just embracing the idea that, uh, like, I, I was thinking maybe I start with take a 14 or 15 minute pace for like your first three miles. Like, just commit to that, going that slow for three miles. And then just having that mentality of, Of maybe having a range of where I'm trying to keep things in on a given mile. Um, but really not worrying about, oh no, I didn't hit 15 minutes on mile six.
1: I think it's a really good plan. I think that's what I did for my last one, because I don't come out as fast as you do in races, but you know, I like going my normal cadence, but At the same time, like you don't gain anything from it, right? You just you just rob your future self a little bit more. And so I think just starting off slow is a really good idea. Um I mean yeah, I think the last one I did, I was like, I don't know, I think like 12, 13. And I just chatted with the people around me because I assumed I wouldn't see many souls, like once I got to the later one. So I'm like, okay, I need to build up some rapport with these people <laughs> and like so I can hold on to it when I see no souls later on. Um but yeah I think that's a, a really good game plan. That was the other thing that I was going to talk about. And then like I looked at the entrance, how many people are actually registered for this race and it's not a lot. It's a super thin field. I think like one of the thinnest fields that I've like actually like run in. And so <laughs> you know hopefully we have some random passerby passersby
2: so you could um, win this thing man that don't no. <laughs> i don't want <laughs> um tony you found out you're ranked number four on ultra sign up for this race buddy. in your category right
0: yeah but i just well so ultra sign up has and i'm trying to pull it up they have this way of based on what you've done in the past and how you've done but like i'm 40 years old at this point and most of the races happened before like 2017 you know when i was like a younger swifter version of myself but yeah out of the 23 people registered this race today they think that i'm number 4 out of the in terms of <laughs> setup
1: there, I mean, think about what you just said with your race strategy. Tony and I ran a 50K in like 2012, and Tony ran the first 15 miles at like a seven, 10 minute pace. We're like, and he was carrying an iPad. <laughs> it's like, dude, what are you doing? And then we, it was just a straight out and back, on like the <laughs> flattest route. And then just like, you know, our pace just like plummeted or whatever. So I feel like you have a different strategy going into this one. You could be
0: appropriately ranked.
1: With a refined strategy, good training, good headspace?
0: Oh, oh never mind. I'm, I'm actually number five as of today. Oh. Um, yeah, but uh, three of the four runners ahead of me are, uh, are uh, women. Uh, well, and three of these four come from Colorado. The other, Fenton, Missouri, a fellow nice. St. Louisian uh that's interesting um i don't know man i mean the the hope is yeah you know, that what i'm going into this one with whereas the mistake that i make in pretty much every race i've ever run is getting excited and be like i'm going to do something special today or like i've get, getting so excited and just Say, like, I can maybe today I could capture lightning in a bottle. And thinking that, as you, you were saying, Josh, that robbing the future self to pay the present self, thinking that I'm going to do something special based on how I perform in miles zero through 10. And the bottom line is like miles zero through 10. And this, frankly, this goes for whether you're running the 50K or 100 miles they don't matter. Like those miles, those miles do not, you can, don't worry about them. Like they they do not matter. You have to stay focused. And I, I say this not as somebody who understands this from an experiential standpoint, but like as somebody who I need to be reminding myself of that constantly, that I have to, have to just take it slow in a way that, that moment I I referred to earlier that in the visualization is going to happen. It is inevitable that that moment will happen. That's just how we're wired. It, if I have executed on the plan of start slow, go slower, I'm going to have a whole lot more in the tank when I'm there in a way that my body is going to be better position to cooperate yeah. with my mind yeah yeah that's good
1: um i'm trying to capture this effectively but well i i think like reminding ourselves like why we're doing it too like this isn't just to like go do something we've never done before like i think what tony hit earlier on about the logistics the reintegration is like the important piece and the story that I'm like thinking of is my dad and brothers were doing kind of this, this spiritual exercise for 90 days. And we're going through Exodus. If you're familiar with the Bible, it's, you know, a book in the Old Testament. Anyways. The Moses it, book. Yeah, the Moses book. He does a lot of cool things in that book. So anyways. um it's a
0: wilderness you know,
2: journey.
1: It is. It is exactly. It, but the thing well, that And
0: actually cool. the my favorite part is where he wins the Mount Sinai Ultra. Yeah. He actually yeah, instead of yeah, a
2: belt buckle, they gave him two tablets. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he, he could still wear them as a belt buckle, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Sorry, I, I had to was... put that bad joke, in, and then Evan one-upped me with yeah. an even better <laughs> bad joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but that I think is what's fascinating is like they go through this wilderness to learn a lot of things and they're like right on the edge of the promised land and yet they still need to learn a little bit more and so we're not designed if you if you think about it from this perspective we're not designed to stay in the wilderness and yet the wilderness is where we learn and then we take what we learn in the wilderness and integrate it into what hopefully is the promised land And I do think that right, we're like caught in this like rat race, or it's easy to get caught in the rat race of like, just having taskmasters, you know, we're trying to, you know, move our businesses forward, make a little bit more money, you know, we get told all these different things. But when you go into the wilderness, and you run this ultra, something that you've never done before, you know, maybe you start it for ego, for some reason, like there's always an element of ego in there. But then you get the crap kicked out of you and you get broken down to just your physical self. And then you have to say, what am I going to do with just like, you know, naked in the woods, am I going to move forward? And there's this like, that's like why it's like so spiritual and to harness that little moment and those multiple steps forward to bring it back to your family, to your everyday life. And hopefully you don't get sucked back into Egypt. Um, and so it's like a beautiful analogy. Like I'm glad I'm doing it as I'm training. Um, or for this race, but it's like all these little things, like, again, we're not supposed to stay in the wilderness, but we better go there to learn because there's plenty of things to learn every single day.
2: I think I've said this on the, I think I've said this on the podcast a few times, but like back whenever I started running, I had this thought that I would replay in my head that people run for two reasons because they have to, or because they would choose to Mm -hmm. and people that have to are either prepared or unprepared so it's like whether it's running there is this exercise this this choosing to like i'm running because i choose to at this point so that if i ever have to i'm prepared but i think that goes for more than just running like entering the wilderness is that choosing to enter into the spaces where things are learned so that if you have to apply those things and god willing we like never have to run Right, like if you have to run, something is happening around you that you you don't want to be happening around you. Like, uh, so I, I I think that's a metaphor, not just for running, but it is entering into the space where learning occurs, where ego can dissolve a bit more than it does in the uh outside of the wilderness in the city or. Like yeah, wherever, and uh, and then practicing that over and over again, so that whenever a scenario arises, that like we don't have control over, we've we've practiced our response to it. Yeah. Amen.
0: Amen. We've covered a a fair amount of ground. I'm I'm excited for. For where we're going with this gentleman, I'm really excited for this race, for this trip, for this experience with with the two of you and the the gentlemen who are going to be uh, joining us. so far, we've got Pat Velo. I don't know if I pronounced his name, right? but uh, I really need to ask him. he's friend he's French canadian so he i I probably butchered that That's, i'm I'm gonna ask him. but uh, and uh, by the time we record next week my my hunches we've got we'll have a couple more uh dudes on board and it's going to be yeah it's going to be sweet so yeah if you're listening to this and you're you're interested in the idea if you are our kind of maniac you can check out uh what we've got going on uh at wildsinthewoods.com and yeah, obviously, get in touch with with one of us if you want to chat or, or learn more about what the experience looks like. Uh, any other it's housekeeping? YouTube, yeah, we we're leaning into the YouTubes these days, and it's we're we're figuring it out. If
2: it's you going, want sixty second yeah. versions of this podcast, uh, if you have a shorter attention span. Uh, then YouTube shorts may be a good fit for you.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Wilds in the woods on YouTube. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) Oh!